This is the Home Health Revealed podcast. Hear stories from real industry leaders discussing topics affecting the ever-changing industries of home health, hospice, and palliative care. Home Health Revealed podcast. I am your host, Mike Greenlee, and like always, I've got my co-host here, Hannah Vale. Hannah, how it's happening? Hey, I am doing great. How are you, Mike? I'm good. Good. What good, to, good. What do you know? You know what? Um, we've been doing some history stuff around our house. I have a six-year-old, and she has decided that for her birthday in October, she wants to see Amelia Earhart's airplane. Who Who is that? Who is Amelia Earhart? Should I know this person? Uh, well, yeah, probably from she, history is she class. A, is she an influencer? She was, <laughs> yes, actually, okay. one of the originals. I think um, I remember her name. Yeah, she flew around the world or attempted to fly around the world. Her plane was lost never found supposedly recently they have found her body or what's supposed to be their body. And they found a panel of the plane that had gone down and she would have been flying to Hawaii from, I guess from the West. Why Nothing is it, why like, is it, why is a six year old interested in that? Well, I, I've, I know, you know that we're really dorky at my house, like extremely dorky. And so I read with my kids, different history things. We read all the time. Like we're extreme readers and so she has gotten into some different biographical characters. We've been reading about people who studied Antarctica. And yeah, so we like to read those kinds of things. And she wants to do that. So I have to find a way to do the impossible. Have you done anything like extreme for your kids for their birthdays or anything? I always do the impossible. Do you? I am Same. Mr. Impossible. Same. Well, well hey, you know, we've got a great guest. And I love this guy. Uh, met him, I don't know, a few years back. And uh, just a super sharp dude. Works for Maxwell. And we just got done um, doing a webinar. His name is Eddie Vetter. And he's been with Maxwell for almost five years. Maxwell Healthcare Associates is a team of post-acute industry veterans that are really passionate about helping home health and hospice providers thrive, especially amid healthcare's really disruptive environment. They have over 20 years of experience in the industry, and they really keep a pulse on what's relevant right now. And they advance care in the home by creating excellent solutions focused on people, processes, and technology. And Eddie is responsible for driving client relationships and supporting MHA's exceptional finance consultants as they provide insight into RCM operations, EMR setup, best practices, and actionable advice. Eddie, before Maxwell, also worked in RCM and served as a consultant. So he has lots of experience. Welcome to the show, Eddie. What up, Eddie? Oh, my gosh, guys. I am so stoked to be here with you. Thank you so much for the invite. Yeah, you know, Eddie, I love our dialogue. You and I talk quite often. And, uh, you know, we always talk about RCM. We always talk about optimization and and process flows. And, you know, really always want to, how do we help agencies become more productive, right? And especially in a time where there's there's tons of challenges that they're they're facing with staffing, just with regulatory compliance and, and all that stuff. So, you know, we, we talk a lot about, how do we help them become more efficient? And so today, Eddie, I've, I've developed yeah. some topics here. I'm, my goal in this podcast is to stump you, okay? Just, be, just because we're buddies, I feel like yeah. I, I should stump you one or two times, or at least try to. Yeah. You fair with that? You okay with that? It might not be too hard. Come on, Eddie, um, put up a fight. But I am up for a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> so, Eddie, the, one of the things that we we spent some time talking about and you guys have quite a few consulting projects on these topics. So I want to get your input on this. So tell me a little bit about how you guys consult with agencies and, and those projects you're working on with intake and the start of care process. 
this is a really big area of opportunity for so many of our clients, right? Because if you think about it, everything to really kick off, especially, you know, for home health and hospice, you know, to really kick off patient care, to really drive sales, support your referral partners, to make sure that your patients are taken care of timely and that you're, you know, you're getting out there, you're getting the data that you need. That whole intake process, the admissions process, really got to nail it, right? So many of our clients, they just, we end up in this loop of, of trying to communicate with the referral partner and, and our sales folks are really wanting to drive that relationship. And so they end up spending a lot of time dragging in the intake folks who were trying to pull in the eligibility and off folks. And everybody's just kind of going back and forth and running around like chickens with their head cut off, you know? I live out on a farm, guys. Not really a farm, but I live out in the country and we got chickens out here. And you can see them running around. And that's what it feels like sometimes with a lot of these agencies, right? You know, um, so a lot of what we'll end up doing is taking their intake team, pulling it out, taking their intake coordinator and pulling it out of the branch, um, making sure that their, their eligibility and their off folks who are under revenue cycle are highly hyper-focused on knowing the payers, knowing the process, knowing the eligibility. And making sure that those communications with the sales folks, the intake, the revenue cycle, and then approval, you know, admissions approval from a clinical manager and the scheduling team, just really holding that process in and really driving it in so that folks can, um, you know, smoothly and, and, and bring in as many patients as they can and not have to say no so often, right? But right here at the front end of the process, as we're looking at shared services, we do see a lot with, you know, in hospice, looking at room and board and making sure that you've got a focused team that supports those facilities for room and board and a focused, te- uh, a focused team that, that supports your sales folks in the intake process. So um, that's a lot of what we see. It really is. So on, on intake, how many agencies do you meet with that they think they have a good intake process, but then after meeting with you all, they're like, oh man. Uh, we, we miss some, we miss some things here. Does that, that happen quite often? Yeah. I, any particular yeah. area there I that mean, catches? That, yeah. You know, if agencies are looking at their admit percentages and their, their NTOC, like they can tell, you know, they know, like we shouldn't be turning away 30, 40% of the, of the referrals we get, right? We shouldn't be, or, you know, a lot of times what it shows up in the data is, oh, well, the patient went with another provider. Well, how come? Because we didn't get out there in time, right? You know, the patient went with another provider. The patient decided that they didn't need the service. Well, a lot of that ends up being because of timing and because we're inefficient in, in getting out there and starting that relationship early. If you're, you know, as an agency, if you're saying, if you're looking and you're seeing 30, 40 percent uh, of referrals not going in, right? I mean, that that number should be the number should be a lot lower than that. Yeah. Now you 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 bringing in intake and admissions kind of together in that process. Right. If you think about it, there's this, there's a, there's a front end that's a little bit more clerical where you're kind of, you're working the referral process, you're working with the referral partner, you're trying to get the data in the system, you're trying to make sure that you know the patient is eligible for care under, or eligible for payment under their payer. Um, and then you've got the clinical piece where, you know, the admissions is, is getting started, it's getting scheduled, it's being, from a clinical perspective, the file is being reviewed, getting a clinician out there to do that start care visit. I'm kind of lumping it all together there because at the, if you don't get to the end of that, you don't have a patient at the end, right? 
Um, but but when you start to, to peel away the onion and, and dig de- into all those kind of separate and individual processes there, there always there's a ton of opportunity to really optimize. And that's a lot of what we do. That's a lot of uh, uh, it being a lot of the big area for value that we can bring. Yeah. So if you nail the intake, you got the admission, everything's going, you got to get the nurse out there, right? So how fast they got to do that? You've got to get a nurse out there within, you know, ideally within you know, 12 to 24 hours, it, it, it's got to be quick. You know, if you're pushing it out, you know, depending on the type of the patient and when they're discharged from the facility, you know, there's some timing there. But I, ideally within 12 hours of soon after that discharge or soon after that referral. Now, at what point do they decide to admit the patient? Is that at, is that well, at intake um, or is it? You know, you know, technically your, your admit nurse has to make that decision. It's a clinical decision that's made when they're doing when they're sitting with the patient and reviewing the patient's history and talking to the patient doing that full evaluation based on the need for care right yeah. based on the need for care and the eligibility for care right, right. the eligibility for a home health so uh, some of these issues are communication as you've brought to light but then some of them really are more of a system issue what kind of system issues do you see when you're working with these different agencies you know, system issues um, a, a lot of times boil down to the way you have set up your process within the system. You know, who is going to get what information when uh, and how how that uh, workflow is designed within your process. Uh, do you have uh, a, the right data feed maybe from your referral partner uh, or, you know, the right data feed set up? taking a picture of a piece of paper? Is there, you know, uh, you know, are you getting the full history and physical? Are you waiting for the full history and physical in order to really get started? The system is about knowing what buttons need to be pushed when in order to get the right data and the right decision point in front of the right person at the right time. Yes. Right? There's, there's training and there's setup. Do you see a lot of agencies where they, they, they don't look at the intake process as much as they should. So therefore they don't spend a lot of time training that particular skill set. Yeah, of course. A lot of agencies will spend a lot of time on the sales side, right? Really making sure that um, they're building those relationships with referral partners. But then when they, when they get a referral, are they are they able to capture all the data? Are they able to make all those decisions when they should? You know, and, and do folks really understand uh, how to move the process forward timely and, and get the data out of the system as they need it to support it? So creating that workflow, right? So you've got, I'm just going to reiterate kind of what you've you've said for my own understanding. So you've got the patient, the referral partner, They've referred to the home health provider. You have then your intake team who's going to input that referral, contact that potential patient, start scheduling that initial start-of-care visit. And then once the patient agrees to home health, then you've got to get the insurance information, all of the personal data, and start contacting the primary physician or whoever the referral source was to get the patient's medical record and discharge timing so that you can make sure that everything lines up from both a systems, a communication, and a personnel uh, standpoint. And, and I think a lot of times people just don't realize what all goes into that. Yeah, I mean, that's right. And, 
you know, and, and a lot of those things you can do concurrently, right? So, so you can have, you know, someone on your insurance team reaching out to check their check their Medicare benefits or reaching out to Humana or, what, you know, reaching out to the insurance company to figure that out while it is sitting in a queue or, or someone is making a phone call to the patient. You don't necessarily have to have a financial call at the same time as you have a scheduling call or, a, or you know, a welcome call. We're, we're starting to see a lot of agencies want to outsource their like uh, auth and eligibility. You guys, you guys experiencing that with some of your conversations with folks? Well, of course. I mean, you know, it, it, it is, it is really hard to track every single plan and what the benefits are to every single plan in a, in a region. If you're in network with one type of plan or out of network with another, I mean, how many plans does United Healthcare have? They've got a ton of different plans. They have different requirements, right? Some of them, a lot of them don't require pre-authorization, but a lot of them do. Certain insurance plans have different caps on numbers of visits or um, they have different deductibles or tracking all that information and being able to identify what a, where a patient sits from their benefits perspective as soon as possible. It's really important. You've got to have somebody quality, a quality person sitting in that seat. And it's hard to find quality folks right now. You know, so, so that's why I think uh, some agencies are looking to lean on uh, providers like HealthRev to provide eligibility verification and then the authorization services, right? All the different portals that you have to go to, have to know which forms need to be filled out, uh, which payers want the history and physical up front, which ones just want you to let them know that you've got uh, a referral from a physician, you know, or an order from a physician for uh, for an evaluation. Which ones don't care at all until you've already gone out there and have a plan of care uh, that you want to execute. So much variation uh, as our marketplaces moved into, you know, a lot more Medicare Advantage. Five, six years ago, 80% was a, uh, if you're Medicare, non-Medicare mix for patients that are in your over 65 population, right? If that's population was 80% Medicare, that felt low, right? That was low Medicare. Like, oh my gosh, we got 20% non-Medicare in here. And that included some Medicaid, right? Yep. Today, as you guys know, I don't know what the numbers are that you see, but man, we see lots of providers that are 50% non-Medicare, right? That all of that Medicare Advantage has really blown up. And with all that different Medicare Advantage comes a lot. And I mean, a ton of different variations, different requirements. It's hard to manage all that stuff. Yeah. So, you know, what do you see? Well, I mean, I was going to, I was going to say 60, 40 now. Okay. Before we move on to, to a little bit of optimization within, within the RC, RCM, what's one takeaway that you could give the audience on, on intake that process? Just, just one. What's the most important? Uh, the most important takeaway is you've got to streamline it so that each one of your groups, you know, it's your, it's your uh, intake coordinator, it's your um, intake data processor, uh, it's your eligibility coordinator, your off coordinator, your sales. Everybody has, a, has a, a service level agreement, has an FLA of less than an hour, right? So you've got to coordinate and make sure and push on those folks 90% of the time, right, or 80% of the time, they're getting your patients through the process and quickly. And you've got to understand what their barriers are if they're not. Yeah. And, and I want to point out that in, in smaller agencies, 
that may not be six different people. That may be one or two people. For sure. That's right. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah, that's a great point. And, you know, and, and so that person still has to be able to get, get all of that through, you know, as quick as they can. And we need to understand what's holding them up. We always not. say everything starts at intake, right? You can't get paid properly, timely, if your intake process is not solid. So what are some issues that you see that lead to that higher DSO, the day sales outstanding? Well, right there at intake, do you have the right payer for the patient? Do you know that you've got the right plan locked in and you've got the right requirement uh, ahead of time? You know what they need. You know, if it's Medicare and they've got that, they've got that workman's comp claim on file from 2014. I mean, do we know that ahead of time? Have we addressed it? Have we reviewed the diagnosis? And we put that on the claim up, up front so that we know that we're not going to get RTP for that and slow it down. You know, do we, you know, if we've got, um, you know, if we've got United Healthcare, but it's a plan that requires off, or if we've got one of those humane plans that requires that the physician request the authorization, right? I think you've just got to understand up front. Those are the ones, that's what really drives the DSO is not having, not knowing up front what to do and then executing. Uh, the execution on those front end requirements is huge. Yeah, you know, you say intake and it seems like a simple process, but just in this 10 minute conversation, it's so complex and, you know, you've got to spend a lot of time with your team to ensuring that they stay on top of all this. And then once you get it somewhat figured out, you've got to make sure you stay on top of it because Normally, once you get it figured out, everything changes. Not all payers are created equal. They change the rules. And then next thing you know, you've got to stay up on top of those rules and who's doing that and how often are they doing that. Um, it, it's just a really difficult challenge. And we see a lot of claims that, you know, just don't go through the system, don't get paid because of eligibility and often. And then you're giving away free service. So you, you don't want to be doing that. You got to be fighting for all those money. So that kind of ties into RCM. And, it, you know, this is near and dear to my heart. I love RCM. And let's go to RCM optimization and processes and staffing. Tell me a little bit about the workflows and task assignments. And now we got through intake, right? So let's get paid. Tell me a little bit about what you're seeing. Man, Michael, we do a lot of optimizations around the RCM team, looking at their workflow, looking at assignments of tasks. You know, and a lot of it just starts with, let's take a look at the aging and identify what your problems are. Usually you can tell with your aging where your challenges are. But if you, you know, if you take a step back and look at a pre-bill, uh, a, a, a pre-claim review, you know, do we have all the orders? Do we have a face-to-face? Have, have all of our regulatory requirements been met before it even gets to your billing team? We see so many problems consistently before it even comes to the billing team. Uh, you know, agencies really need to focus in and hone in on, you know, do you have an orders management group or an orders management function that has a good relationship with your physicians and can get those suckers signed? Did you, did you get your face-to-face in? 90% of all health claims are orders <laughs> or face-to-face, right? Yep. And if we can, if we can manage that up front and know who is doing that, and that kind of goes back to shared services, uh, that you know really drives drives getting the claim out the door. Now, once the claim goes out the door, getting it back in and paid, a lot of that is just making sure that your 
your EMR is set up right for your uh, for everything to go out correctly on the clean pot. Right? Is it going out with the right dollar amount or that usual customary rate? Right? Or do you have the right codes on there? Do you have the right date? But a lot of the DSO post billing is on your setup and then your follow up, right? Because if you denied or RTP'd, how quickly are you coming back to it? So we do a lot of kind of working with providers that have their own billing team around organization, frankly. You know, when it, uh, who, is, who is looking at which set of uh, claims when? Do you get it touched every 20 days? Can you touch it every 20 days? And if you don't, why not? And how do we get you organized so that you can and you're efficient enough to go in, look at all of your humanity claims all at once, right? If you're, if you're in availability, you're in availability. If you're in uh, Optum, you're in Optum, right? So, you know, a lot of the post billing is just making sure that you're organized. Um, and so looking at, as we look at those task assignments too, it, it ends up, uh, in workflow, we end up thinking a lot about how you go back and forth between the billing team and your clinical team. If you've got a denial, uh, you know, I mean, it, it, there's a, of course, everybody gets a ton of diagnosis denials for hospice in September and October is the new, uh, as the new, as the new, uh, diagnosis codes come out. And so you've got to have a good feedback loop between your clinical and your revenue cycle team, your billing team. Uh, those are a couple of the big areas that we see. Frankly, though, the, the biggest, most immediate impact you can have on your DSO is to make sure that you unbuild, that your claims are going out the door as soon as possible. We'll even, we will uh, calculate a DSO, we'll split out a DSO calculation between build and unbuild. So what, how long is it taking to get the claim out the door? And then once the claim's out the door, how long does it take to get the cash into that? Right. Uh, so you, you almost want to think about it in, in two separate areas so that you know where your best focus can be. Most of the time, it's before the bill even goes out the door. Do you guys see something similar to that in your billing? Yeah. You know, we always start out, I always love to um, meet with the client and figure out the DSO because I think that's always the starting point. And I think the DSO can lead back to where are the gaps because you can take your DSO, you can do it by Medicare, non-Medicare. You can even break it down really per payer if you wanted to go that deep. And then depending, mm -hmm. and then just like all the stuff you described before about payers and the difference of payers, and then you start looking at your DSO and you're seeing, man, it's yeah. taking me 90 days, 120 days, 200 days, what's going on? You can start working backwards and it does take time but it's, it's the time that you need to spend because that's, that's the money that you're leaving on the table and with contracts and mm -hmm. reimbursements, you know, shrinkage and there's just so much time that, that agencies, they, they just got to spend the time because the DSO, that's the number one thing we look at. And then, you know, just everything you're describing, we, we put that plan together uh, for them because, you know, if they're hiring us to do the recovery or whatever, we got a timeline we got to work on, right? Because there's some a lot yeah. of timely filing issues. So we've got to yeah. work those claims super fast and then report back to the agency. Hey, here are the challenges. Here's the gaps. Here's what we're seeing. Here's the trends. We got to fix this up front because you just hired, hired us for recovery. If you don't fix it, you're going to be hiring us again for recovery. And you don't want to be doing that because you pay more for recovery than you would if you just build it out right the first time. Right. So some of the recovery projects that we yeah. do, Mike's right. You know, we start, and I, you guys may have a calculator. I like how you split out the build and unbuild. I, I think that's a really powerful. But if you're an agency, you're just thinking, 
gosh, I, I probably need to take a look at these numbers at healthrevpartners.com. We have a calculator that's just going to have you input net patient revenue and what's on your AR and is going to start helping you think through what you have on your AR and how you can start drilling down into that. And then somebody like Maxwell can really put some feet to those processes and help you lay things out so that your clinical, your operational, and your intake process, which is part of your operational process, can fit together in a better way to make sure that you're getting paid. That was good, Hannah. I even like how you kind of threw out our website there out of nowhere. Yeah, well, I just think that's such a great tool for people to have because it's hard to sit down and think through that. So if you have a function that's like, I yeah, I just need this right now. I need to see it. You didn't say www. www.http. Yeah. yeah. So so let's let's switch over a little bit to uh, some reporting. So there's got to be some reports to help them capture this data. So tell me tell me about what are some of the the most important reports people should be looking at. How consistent? You know, talk to me about some write offs and adjustments. What are you seeing there? I mean, just fill me up, Eddie. A lot of you know, a lot of the reporting that you really want to see starts early on in your in your rev cycle process. Uh, of course you want to know which which how many patients you have on which payers and which payer plans. Right. So just you know basic uh, data around your census and what what it's made up of from a from a financial perspective is, is of course huge. Uh, but as you kind of move through the cycle, you know, once you know uh, 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 what's holding up, you know, from a, a regulatory perspective, what's holding up those claims from going out, why is your unbuild where it is? Why is it sitting there? Is it sitting there for orders? Is it sitting there for a face-to-face on a Medicare on a on a Medicaid plan or on a commercial plan? You know, are you holding a commercial payer for face-to-face, and does that make sense? You know, so um, it's you know all the different data throughout the cycle. You know, then once the bill goes out, is it RTP? Right? How many dollars do you have? Um, you know, kind of sitting there, getting ready to be paid. And it, you know, if it's if it's getting ready to be paid, and you can expect how much can you expect to hit your bank within the next two weeks, right? That's huge. And um, if it's RTP or uh, when was it resubmitted? How many? How much has been resubmitted within the last week that you should realistically expect to hit your you know your bank in three weeks? So just kind of being able to lay out cash flow um, as it's getting ready to come in and what's being what's holding it up and understanding. Uh, how you're working and how your billing team is working, you know, those older claims and, um, you know, uh, that older aging. When was the last time it was touched? You know, uh, do you have anything that hasn't been touched in 20 days or 15 days or 30 days or 45 days, right? You know, so it's capturing, it's capturing data in every stage of the cycle and then being able to make uh, good decisions around it and have good insight into what's going on in your business. You know, so we see a lot of, di- you know, we see uh, a lot of adjustments at the end. Um, and, and, you know, so that's kind of at the end of the cycle where you've gotten paid something and now you need to adjust it off um, or even into, or even towards the middle. Right. So we missed a visit and now we've got now we've now we're being looped out. Right. So if we're, um, you know, if we're going from a from a full episodic payment down to a loop of payment, understanding, you know, why that adjustment is in place. A lot of this data is captured by your EMR, maybe, right, or maybe not. Um, and so it's, it's trying to understand what comes out of your, your EMR system um, and, uh, you know, kind of putting some, putting some knowledge around that as you make decisions. It's data that's being input by your team and throughout the process. 
Um, I, you know, I know that uh, Velocity has a ton of capability there on that billing side. Um, I know that you can, you know, agencies can kind of see, you know, kind of what I was saying from the billing and collections process, like how often uh, something's being touched, what, you know, who are the payers, you know, because we can take a lot of this information and go into a contract negotiation with it too, right? You know, if you've got, uh, you know, if it takes uh, uh, so many touches to get a face-to-face from a physician, you can take that into a, um, you know, Medicare Advantage plan and say, look, we shouldn't have to get a face-to-face for this because it's whatever. You know, I mean, we can take some data um, if you have to get authorizations and they get denied and you got to do all this extra work to get an authorization, that's data that you can take into a contract negotiation. So tell me a little bit more about what Velocity can provide on that on that reporting front. Well, I'll tell you one thing that we built in Velocity that I think is super cool and it really touches on what you're talking about. So in, in billing, you know, you want to collect. The problem is one of the biggest challenges, if you take away everything else we, 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 we talked about, is when do you follow up? So we built Velocity based off the status and the payer of the claim that whatever status we put that claim in, it automatically calculates the follow-up date. So that way we take the guesswork out of our RCM team because, again, they've got, you know, they're working a lot of claims, right? And so you've got to use technology. You've got to use automation to help streamline processes. And for us to fulfill our promise to the customer, we've got to get the claims paid. So we built our system that if you take a claim, you put a certain status on it, it automatically shows up in your queue, let's say 10 or 15 days later. So that way, no, I always say no claim is left behind because with us, no claim is left behind. And when I talk to agencies all the time, we get their, we get their aging report, man, they've got a lot of claims past 90 days and, and you know, they're trying to get answers, but they're not getting real answers. They, they can't find the real solution. Yeah. And so I always tell people, listen, yeah. the real solution is that when a claim is built out, you get everything set up right, you get your implementation, you get all that stuff that you and I've talked about. You could still do all that, but if someone's not following up on a claim in a timely manner, you can still lose money. Every dollar matters. And so I love the fact that we built that in. And I love the fact that within Velocity, everything's in real time. So you can see all your claims, you know, the status of all your claims, and you know that every claim has been touched because if once we touch a claim, we comment, all the comments are stored in real time and time stamped. So you, we couldn't even tell a customer a lie if we wanted to about a claim because everything's timestamped and they can go in and they can see, okay, I wonder if this claim's been worked. They can go right into that claim and see that it's been worked. Last time it's been touched, what has been done and the projected time that it's going to pay. I look at that. If I'm an agency owner and you know, cause listen, we all want to grow. We want to scale or we want to position ourselves to sell. Whatever the case may be, you got to have a very clean AR. You got to have a nice DSO. And you got to have accountability to your claims because all your staff, they are depending on you to run this agency the right way. And, you know, with what benefits and technology and pay structure, I mean, you got to get paid every dollar that you deserve. Man, I'll tell you what, and one of the things I love about that, Mike, is that your clients are kind of taking advantage of you and of every other client you have with you, right? Because, you, you know, you're able to identify payer issues and even some of those payer timelines, right? Because you've got so much more um, experience with it, just because of the sheer volume 
you know, of, of you working with a lot of different clients. So you can identify the issues and you can go hit them and you're hitting it, figure out what's going on kind of quicker than, than one person who's just got like five claims that are a lot to that one agency, right? Uh, they're making phone calls and you get on the call with a rep and they don't know, you know, yeah, I well, love that. Well, Eddie, I, I, you know, I, I appreciate your time today. I appreciate you spending 25, 30 minutes with us. And, and one thing I really want listeners to know is that, yeah, we specialize in RCM. And we do a lot of great things, but I will tell you, it's the partnership with you all that, you know, in those details of those processes and everything you talked about, this partnership works so well for agencies because, you know, we're, we're doing the, the work, you know, when we find gaps, you guys come in and really help them put those, those plans and processes in place at a whole nother level because the, you know, you guys is talent and this is what you guys do, right? So I, the partnership is so good. And I've just seen so many agencies just, you know, where they thought they're going to close their doors to now they're thriving, they're growing, they love the business. Uh, it's just, it's great to see that kind of success. So I wanted to say, you know, to all your friends over there at Maxwell and tell them all, man, we really appreciate what you guys are doing. You know, one customer at a time, we're, ch- we're changing, we're changing people's lives. And, and I think it's great. And I really appreciate our partnership. Yeah. Well, hey, thanks so much, Eddie. It's been yeah. great talking with you. All right, Eddie, yeah, we're, we're going to. Great time, guys. Um, we're gonna kick. We're gonna kick Hannah. Or yeah, Hannah. She's going to Arizona conference, to so Arizona. she's got a she's got a plane to catch. But my friend, take care. Thanks so much for your time, and uh, we'll talk soon. Okay. Yeah. All right, guys. Bye bye.